Yes, welcome to the big kickoff League of Ireland podcast. My name is Roy Shanahan and I'm joined again, like I was last week, by Nathan Dyer from TheBigKickoff.com and Jared Mulroney, founder of TheLeagueOfIreland.com and a writer on TheBigKickoff.com. Well, it's been a busy five days of football for all in both the Premier Division and the First Division with two games for most of the teams. One of the standout games was certainly a most interesting game between Dundalk and St. Pat's in a one-all draw at Oriel Park. Nathan, Stephen O'Donnell's team put a big performance against Dundalk and certainly earned their right to a share of the points. Oh, he did. It was, um, it was a massive shift put in from a game that I was like, come here, send Dundalk away and never going to be the most the most uh, like excited as, as, as a, in a way support you know. Well, I have to say, they, they really pleasantly surprised me on, um, on Friday night all across the park uh, the pressure that they put the Dundalk players under from the start was brilliant because each and every player went with the pitch put a shift in and there wasn't one person that couldn't hold a head high from the, from the performance that they put in obviously he pissed off a little bit um, in the second half you know like you see they got a little bit leggy and they got a little bit tired but in fairness to the lads they got a second win and they came back and, they, and they, towards the end of the game they were pushing and they could have went on and won the game even was so as a Pat fan, I was it was optimistic on Friday night. I have to say it was um, a lot of good science from from that game in particular. Like Jordan Gibson up top for me, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Like he only signed for the club, like and he was just constantly just constant nuisance. He was just pressure and annoying defenders and winning the ball. And he was it was one of the one of the many highlights for me now. Actually. And who who else stood out for Titop was a uh, new sign and yeah. there there was talks yeah. that they they didn't know all that much because they didn't get to see him too much. They seen him on, on video and YouTube and some sort of analysis. Uh, he seemed to be a, a, a decent addition. He does. Um, he has a lot of attributes that I like. Um, especially in his defensive game, he's tough, strong tackler. He kept Michael Duffy very quiet, which isn't isn't an easy task to do. Like you know, yeah, like you said, there wasn't much to go off. I think he played a couple of um, of friendly games as um, as a trialist. I know he played a couple of games with Floyd Rovers anyway, so there wasn't an awful lot of the Dundalk players to really look at. But again, he impressed. I was very happy with how he just seamlessly slotted in as someone that just down the side of the club. So yeah, the, the two new lads in particular for me and Robbie Benson in the middle of the park were the two where. Uh, the two standout players, or sorry, the three standout players, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, what about Dan Ward, uh, Nathan? I thought Dan Ward was excellent in the middle of the yeah. park. I thought he was, he, yeah. as you said, standout players, David Titov, uh, Gibson, Ward. I think Ward was excellent along with Benson. I think they were just superb, to be fair. Yeah, I What did you think of Chris Forrester's performance? You know what? Um, Forrest has been a frustrating one since he came back from past. There's glimpses, and there is glimpses, and I think he's seen a couple of glimpses on uh, against Dundalk not too spectacular like I wouldn't go along and say it was a false evolve compared to some of the games they played last year especially I thought he'd done a decent enough job he's like wasn't his most standard performance but I think he's a lot of stuff he's doing lately he's doing a lot of things simple and he's doing a lot of things right well I'm not saying the flash as far as the past but maybe he's sort of adapting into a new role a little bit as a more conservative player and I think that's what we're seeing uh, on Friday I just don't think his his head is right. Um, he was made captain on the night, and mm. he was actually substituted fairly early. Yeah, it's a bit of a surprise. Um, I just don't think his head is right since he came back. He's had a couple of good managers now. With Harry Kenny tried his best last year before he he departed. He's under a good manager now in Stephen O'Donnell, the midfielder himself. Um, I think he really needs to step it up, or he'll find himself he'll find himself not there much longer. I think. Well, like, I know he had, a, he had a lot of personal issues off the pitch, but the team yeah. falls that pass well. He has a lot of goodwill at pass. And it's still to this, like, before, they went, uh, obviously before lockdown and crowds weren't at the loudest of games. A lot of, like, there wasn't many passes I'm really getting on his back, I have to say. But where, if that was any other player, I, I think that he would have got on, on their back much quicker than this. So I think with a lot of the goodwill that he sells up at the club, he might get, get extra chances. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it might happen. He might get extra chances at the club. 
Jared Dundalk looked flat even though they had nearly a month's extra training time to prepare. Obviously there was a bereavement within the club. Would that have been a, a huge part to play or are Dundalk maybe not as good as they have been? Yeah, as you say, Dundalk were very flat on the night and they never really got anything going. Um, it's, hard, look, it's hard to know whether the, um, the, the problems that Dundalk during the week, the, the passing of um, Harry Taft, affected the players it probably did um, they were flat look to be fair to Pat Pat's were superb on the night they hustled and harried they, they pressured them all night long and to be honest if it wasn't for a shocking defensive error they'd probably have won the game um, I just think that you know Dundalk they just weren't at it the middle of the park they had nothing nothing there Chris Shields was usually he's a fairly dominant player in the middle of the park there for Dundalk wasn't really in the game Hoban didn't do too much other than just be in the right place at the right time to score the goal. Um, yeah, Dundalk were flat. They kind of need, they wouldn't need to have a performance like that again or they'll find themselves uh, out of the title race fairly quickly. Yeah, Steve, Stephen O'Donnell had his say after the game. Going back to Oriel, um, as you said, somewhat strange circumstances, but something we have to get used to for the time being. The players were well-versed. We had a few pre-season games etc with that sort of atmosphere um, so it's, it was up to us we drilled home it was up to us to create our own intensity and our own atmosphere and our own energy on the pitch and I thought thought the boys that done that very well um, you know showed a great attitude and application and overall with with their attitude and and desire I was, I was delighted with as a manager you're always wanting more so you know there's still levels for us to go up and improve and you know we want to be coming away from from places like Oriel with victory. So, but um, as you said, a very quick turnaround now. Um, we welcome a very strong Derry City team, quite rightly so, one of, one, of the, one of the strongest in the league. And again, you're dealing with maybe them having been back three weeks to a month previous to you back for training and so on. In situations like that, that could stand to them with, with a bit more conditioning and that under their belt for a quick turnaround. But um, we'll just see how our bodies are. As you said, training in Richmond, and getting people acclimatised and used to the surroundings. As for an analyst stuff and analysis stuff, um, you know, you try to get as much as you can done in today in regards um, getting the players familiarised, especially the new ones with the opposition and strengths and weaknesses of the opposition and so on. But it is a very quick turnaround and something we've known was coming up, but also something that I think could have been prevented and could have been um, pushed back a little bit for players get up and running and proper conditioning to them and used to the intensity of of playing after four months off. We're, we're really looking forward to the game. A real quick turnaround, no time to dwell on the draw. We're looking for uh, similar and more um, intensity and work rate on, on Monday night. And, you know, if you get that every week, um, you can't have any complaints. Everyone's going to, individuals are going to have bad days and off days where... Um, they just didn't play well, but uh, one thing that's uh, non-negotiable is their attitude and commitment to the cause. And if you get that every week, um, you'd like to think you'll be competitive most weeks. So that's what all we demand at the club is work rate, intensity and application. And if we get that every week, everyone that takes the pitch and everyone that's involved in the matchday squad will be happy. Well, Jared, he didn't get that intensity on the Monday night. Derry City, off the back of defeat themselves, who had only played a few days recently to Sligo, surprised everyone by turning St. Pat's over in, in Chakar. So how, how does this result come about? Is it just the pure intensity that St. Pat's had to put into the Dundalk game? Yeah, I'd probably say it was. Stephen even flagged it in that interview that you played there too. He said that it was always going to be tough to come back with a, a similar performance after such... Such a short, a short time period. Like they were so, they were so good on Friday night, and yet Derry were so bad themselves in their game, their home game against Sligo. They were shockingly poor on the on the opening night against Sligo. Just not in the game, no midfield. They just weren't up for it. Um, Sligo were fully up for the game from the off, and and you know they got their goal, their early goal, and uh, held on. I got a, sec- a second goal in the second half to run a run and cock penalty, which is a bit harsh to be fair. But um, Derry definitely stepped up on uh, Monday night and uh, took the points. Um, they got a good goal from their new signing, James Atkins, Sunday. Um, not, I wasn't too impressed with him overall in his performance, but um, the goal was, was an absolute peach of a goal. Um, he, got, he was very sharp in the box, probably more a kind of um, box-in-the-box player than kind of a build-up player. But um, yeah, look, Pat, Pat weren't at it on the night. They just put too much effort into the game on Friday and were caught 
match where Derry had to bounce back big time from their opening game and uh, they did that and fair play to them uh, Declan Devine had them spot on for the game I was a bit surprised too that Stephen O'Donnell didn't make more changes to that past team especially with, with the effort that they had put in on Friday night the only change he made was bringing in Georgie Kelly and as much as Georgie tried very hard on the night that things weren't going for him he hasn't played games so I suppose look it, he got very frustrated as the game wore on but I think in time he'll come good but it, he just needs games at this stage Yes, uh, Nathan, Derry City, uh, Jared just said, were poor against Sligo, but they changed it up a little bit, went 4 4 2 against uh, St. Pat's, dropped Connor Clifford, and St. Pat's found it very hard. A different game against Dundalk, you know, it's counter attacking style, but against, they really had to try and force the, the hand on, on Derry and just didn't have that creativity. And maybe that's what you're talking about, Forrester. Maybe. He's not looking for that forward pass. It's all sideways and backwards. Yeah, um, I have to like uh, like Jarrett said. I'm surprised that um, O'Donnell didn't make more changes. I'm surprised he even went with the formation he did. Like it's a pretty similar even setup. Like, uh, like the Dundalk game, I thought he would have went more maybe four three three or something and had a bit more of a go with every city. Um, yeah, like Pat just looked looks very leggy. Like there wasn't really. A, for me, I don't know about you lads, but there wasn't really anyone that was overly, overly stood out for Derry City. I thought it was just a solid team performance overall. I thought his pass just looked more leggy and he just looked tired. And it was a pale of a comparison from the performance that he that he put in on uh, Friday, which if you can put it down to tiredness, maybe. But yeah, I thought even the setup going into the game was pretty wrong. Like, and even during the game, like, like Jeremy touched on too, like Georgia Kelly. Like starting him and then putting him up top, and he was just isolated up there for a lot of the game. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the long balls in from just didn't work out at all. Like, and it was, it was frustrating for him, and you could see like even with the body language coming off, it was just it wasn't the way he wanted to start his past uh, his past career. Akintunde, I like as a player. I think or not Akintunde, um, Figueira, I like as a player, yeah. and uh, he always seems to drive at a player he always seems to go at them he reminds me of of William over in, in, in England always driving at the player looking to get beyond the player I think he's a, a standout player for me and he's a perfect player for to play in that four four two system because they, they had the two banks of four they found it very hard to get through that and Derry did it very very well uh, they had no creativity at all same Pats but they were good on the counter attack and I think that's I mean the last goal that uh, St. Pat uh, conceded was trying to play out with her own back line so there probably was just tired minds there Yeah that's what it looked like especially with uh, two of the games I've seen young uh, Luke McNally at the back he's been at fault for a lot of the, lot of the mistakes like, and that's not like him he doesn't like him at all like, I've seen him at the last season I've seen him at the start of the season for St. Pat and he looks solid he looks comfortable with the ball at three but yeah maybe it's an aspect of like tired minds tired bodies because it was it was a completely different team. Had past team that showed up against Derry City than the ones that uh, that showed up against Dundalk. Weird about where Walter up, up top for Derry, like that uh, even against Sligo, like as bad as Derry City was against Sligo, he's the only player that looked like he had something, anything at all. That was eventually was going to happen is going to come to him. So yeah, the great with today, I think he's a smashing player. Jared. I think, in fairness to Mc, to McNally, I think in the first game against Dundalk, the pass into him was very very poor. So he never really got an, an opportunity to, to control the ball, to clear it. I think he was unfortunate in that respect. OK, he made a mistake on Monday night against Derry, but look, these things are going to happen. He's a young player. Um, yeah. He's very talented. And I just think in, in time, I think he'll, he'll turn into a, be a fantastic uh, player for Pat. Where do we see Derry City now? At the start of the season, we've seen them, you know, poss- possibly pushing onto the, the top two. The Sligo game threw us a little bit. Uh, Jared, where do we see Derry City now? Are they going to be that third team? They'll be fighting for it anyway. I think myself with um, Bohemian. Um, a lot, a lot will uh, tell this weekend because they have to host Shamrock Rovers, and that's going to be a cracking game. In fairness, um, Rovers who are five points clear now at the minute after their big three-one win over Harps at the weekend. Jack Byrne, of course, shown his usual uh, talent with a brilliant, a brilliant free kick. Mark Coyle is on the end of it and Ronan Finn has to be the required distance away from the wall. There was a gap 
between Kyle and his defender, and Byrne takes the free kick, and there's the goal! Brilliant goal in the seventh minute. That's a stunner from Jack Byrne. Um, Jerry, look, Jerry, it's hard to know with Jerry. There's, there's been a lot of changes um, in the team. They've had they have new signings, new signings yet to come in. So look, it's it's a work in progress at Jerry. Yeah, they were very surprising against Sligo. They just didn't turn up, which was very, very unusual. Uh, I'd imagine Declan Devine was pulling his hair out after that performance, um, especially against the Sligo team that had got off to a fairly poor start. So that was very much unexpected. Um, def- they, they definitely bounced back. Um, look, they have some great players. As I said, Akin Tunde, I'm not sure. His, his, uh, his first game, yes, while he got the goal, he didn't really show too much up front. Um, maybe he's more, as I said, maybe he's more a kind of a, a penalty box, you know, six-yard box kind of uh, box in the box, a bit like Robbie Keane. Um, but look, we'll have to give him time, give him a few games to settle in. Um, Derry are a good side. They're, they're very good players. Um, they've Adam Hamill yet to come in as well. Uh, I definitely think they'll be up there challenging for Europe. And themselves and both, I think, will be fighting out for that third spot. Yeah, as you mentioned, Shamrock Rovers went on to win 3-1 on the Saturday against Finn Harps and they had the game nearly wrapped up after 37 minutes. Uh, it's, it's 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 very hard for anyone else to, to keep up with them when you look at their squad, when you look at the the, the substitute bet, bench, which has Graham Bourke, Liam Scales, Dean Williams is a good player. And some of these players were playing for the, the Shamrock Rovers 2 team, which probably makes that team a little bit stronger than, than we thought it might be in, in the first division. But can anyone touch, Nathan, can anyone touch Shamrock Rovers? Um, I think it'd be tough this season, especially with, with the shorter campaign. Um, personally, I, I said it last week, and I, 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 I definitely stick by it now, that I think this will be our season to, to go on and win it. I think they will uh, win the league this season. Um, yeah, the strength and depth is fantastic. Like you said, look at the bench. Like Most players on that bench against Finn Harp start in any league, other league of one team. Like, um, the game was what it was. We were always expecting Rovers to be Finn Harp handy enough. And like you said, it was wrapped up in the first half an hour or so. Like, it was just a matter of seeing the game out since till then. And in fairness to them now, they did. Like, like, I know they conceded the goal, but for the most part, they've, they've seen the game now comfortably. Yeah, Jared, Finn Harps. Again, we'll go on to the, they had two games and, and one with Shamrock Rovers. We weren't really expecting them to get something out of that. They played, they played Shelbourne the other night and, and got beaten 1 0 uh, up in Donegal. I'd be slightly worried about Finn Harps, and probably not as worried as, as I am about Cork, and we'll get on to Cork now in a second. But Finn Harps <laughs> seem to have, they have the battle, you know, you know they're going to battle, but they've lost a little bit of quality, and, and that could be the factor now this year. Yeah, as you said, um, there wasn't much expected out of them against um, the Shamrock Rovers, but um, they themselves, I'd imagine, would have, especially Ollie Horgan, would have um, would have kind of been looking at that Shelburne game at the, uh, on uh, Tuesday evening and uh, targeting that game. And when Terry Shepherd got sent off fairly early, you kind of thought, well, it's it's Harps game to win. Um, but Ryan Rennan scored the winner for Shelburne. And look, Finn Harps, from a lot of reports and people I was talking to, Finn Harps were very, very poor on the night. Um, a lot of mis- misplaced passes. So, look, as you say, Finn Harps, they're fairly battle-hardened when it comes to um, a relegation dogfight. But you would have expected them to pick up points at some sort of point against Shelburne at home. Um, especially, but, of course, Shelburne had a lot to kind of bounce back from themselves after losing to Waterford um, in a game that they really didn't turn up either. Um, in a poor, poor enough game on, uh, I think it was Saturday, they lost to John Sheridan's Waterford side. Uh, look, it's going. To, everybody knew Finn Harps was going to be in a battle. Um, as you said, battle hardens. Hard to know. Look, they have a couple of players due to come in too with signs like Stephen Fole and ex-Galway United, ex-Dundalk player to come back in there in the centre half. Maybe he might be a difference, but they're definitely going to have to find someone to score goals. That's probably where they're going to struggle this season. Um, they don't really seem to have someone there that's going to score the goals for them. It's a dogfight for Harps, there's no doubt about it. As bad as it is for Finn Harps, Cork City over the last year have looked a shadow of their former self, probably understandably, but at the moment they've lost the bows over the weekend, 1-0 down in, in Turner's Cross. Nathan, what, what can we say anything positive about Cork at the moment? Because I'm struggling to find that. 
yeah, I, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm drawing blanks myself, really. I've had I've positive to say about them. Like, they're due to play Waterford on Saturday. I'll be waiting to see if that game goes ahead, but even at that, I think they, I think they might struggle to get something out of that game. I'm sitting rock bottom now at the moment, about three points on the board. Like, they didn't look like. Well, Heenan didn't look overly great now uh, in the game, but Cork looked, looked very poor. There's no one even in, like, no one even in the squad who could point out and say that. Grab the game with a scuff of the neck and drag them to a result or drag them to a draw or something. It's just a... Uh, like, and there's some nice players in the squad, but it's just... It's just not clicking at all. Like, there's nothing... Like, there's, there's usually something you can point out or somebody you can point out and say, well, Dale might get us through. Uh, like a storm or this might happen but for Cork now there's nothing I think themselves and Finn Harps uh, will be will be in big trouble this season fine now for that relegation place Yeah I mean Neil Fenn Jared was manager at Longford Town they normally play decent football you knew what type of football they were going to get but it doesn't seem to be transferring to this Cork team they, 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 they don't really looking at them it's hard to know what way they're playing yeah, um, they had a they had a tough start in fairness to them. They had to play all the big teams early in the season, and then the break came. And it, look, they've lost players. They brought in new players, and they have a couple of um, strikers due to be are added to the squad, but had to they they couldn't play the first couple of games. I'm not sure if they'll be able to play this weekend if that game actually goes ahead, with uh, the situation down in Waterford. Um, so if that game doesn't go ahead, Cork could end up finding themselves even further behind before they actually get to play it get to get on the park again um, obviously look the two strikers could be important they could make a difference but like a lot of teams you know they don't have that many games to, to blood these players and, and get them to gel um, Neil Fenn as you said played lovely football when he was at Longford he wants the team to play to, to play the, the game the right way but whether they'll have enough games to actually put that kind of um, game in, into, into practice is another thing. I'm a big fan of Neil Fan. I think I like the way he likes his team to play. And um, obviously, Cork have their issues with uh, finances issues. They can't really bring in big name players, so they're kind of trying to blow young players along with bringing in unproven players. It could be a recipe for disaster. Um, I thought Cork might get themselves out of bother. Obviously, this game at Waterford was a massive, massive game. And um, now, if this game may be called off, it's a big blow to them. But it's a, like if that game does go ahead, if Cork don't win, you can nearly say bye-bye in his first division football for Cork City next season. Yeah, it's one of the amazing things about this short season now. There is there is six-pointers already all around. You look at Shelbourne oh, against course, yeah. Finn, Finn Harps, that was like a six-pointer. I think, I'm fairly mm. sure, I haven't got them in front of me, I really should, but uh, that they have Sligo Rovers after Waterford. So that's two, two huge games. And if they come out of that uh, in, in a bad way, that could be the end of them nearly, uh, you know, after three games. Now, Jared, what do we hear? I, I heard this evening that one of the players has been tested negative from the Waterford team and they're, they're awaiting the, the, the second player to uh, test to come through. So, yeah. But Waterford made a good start. I mean, they got the win against Shelburne away from home. Uh, I suppose the postponed game that they didn't lose so it's not it's not it's not too bad yeah. it's not too bad a, a start and, and you know I mean, that game's going to be pushed down the line anyhow so they're getting their little bit of rest in so it's probably not the worst thing in the world but John Sheridan and Waterford is, is, is that a good match? Hard to tell uh, it's an open game they played Shelburne look it was a scrappy enough game Waterford yeah. in fairness then came out of the traps fairly fairly quickly they, they, played, they played quite well surprisingly now for a team that were put together and um, a new manager and everything coming in but I suppose it's like everything else when a new man comes in players want to impress they want to make an impression with the with, with the new man to, to become you know regular starters in the team um, obviously with the game against Sligo called off that you know we might know a bit more if that game went ahead because um, after Sligo's win against Derry it would have been interesting to see how that would have uh, panned out look it's, it's a tricky situation with Waterford they're like if this game is called off this weekend, that's two games in a row called off. They're after having four months off. They come back and play one game and then no game again for two or three weeks. It's going to be very, very difficult. Um, look, they, they, they have new players brought in as well. They have their brought, they're hoping to add Daryl Murphy. I think he's signed, but I think he's injured or 
not sure if he's injured or is it just a case where he has to um, with COVID-19 he has to take the, the two weeks before he joins the club but um, they have players they have good players there um, but it's just to try and gel them players together like Waterford we just don't know what Waterford yet they've only played the one game it's very hard to make an, an assessment yeah, Nathan, out of the weekends, the five days of football that we've had in the Premier Division, what's really stood out to you? Is that, have, has, that, has they confirmed anything to you with the games that have been played? Like I touched on earlier, the, the big one for me would be that uh, Shamrock Rovers, like, Rovers the, it, it could be that year. I'd really, be very optimistic now if I was, uh, if I was a Rovers fan, that, that, that would be where I lift the trophy this year. Yeah. Um, it's a rest like now like Jamma touched on like it's it's sort of tough to judge with only a couple of games being played, you know, like like as a past fan like those on Friday, Jesus, I was as optimistic as anything. But now like a couple of days later it's it's back to like the fearful fact that it's gone straight away and all of a sudden like you're fighting for Europe and now you're looking over your shoulder and that's the nature of, of this short season. And that's the nature of when you're signing players, you don't have any period to gel or to get that chemistry together you sort of have to hit the ground running straight away like where like, in, on, over on the, the big kick off I made a couple of uh, league predictions and already some of them seem like that it, it could be miles off you know like all depending on how, how teams build from the first game yeah Jared. I mean that the European spots are it's so tight underneath that the European spots could go to anyone who can make a quick run of three, four, five games in a row where they can pick up maximum points. Who, who are you looking at to sneak into those spots? Do you think? No, I definitely think I definitely think St. Pat's after Friday night. Um, you're looking at Pat, Derry, Bowes. They're all going to be fighting for 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 Europe this season. Now, obviously, there's only three places in Europe unless one of the top three win uh, the FAI Cup. So, obviously, that'll make a fourth spot. But um, it's, it's it's going to be a, a tight battle. I just think Pats were very, very impressive on Friday night. I kind of I, I kind of put a line through their, their game on Monday night. Um, but the effort they put in on, fr- on Friday, look, it was two games in three in three days. It, it's asking a lot first first um, weekend out. Um, and as as we said earlier, like Jerry had a lot to prove after their opening game, but I definitely think both St. Pat's and Jerry, as you said, um, a team goes on a run of three, four, three, four games, winning matches. You know, God knows what could happen, but um, yeah, definitely them three. I think uh, obviously everybody knows Dundalk and Rovers. They're they're going to fight it out for the title. I don't really think anyone else is going to get into the mix, um, but definitely the other three are, are European uh, contenders, no doubt. Yeah, and look as well. It could be a decent weekend for Pats with uh, with, with Bowes are playing on Dark and Derry are playing Shamrock Rovers. With St. Pats are playing at home to St. Harps, so it could yeah, be a, a case of Pats, of Pats capitalising on uh, the two the two possible European rivals playing having tougher games. They're two massive games this weekend. Two two huge games yeah. and have a big big say in the destination of the title as far as as I as I think anyway. Jared, the first division. Threw up a few results that were were surprising. Uh, uh, one probably to yourself, Kevin Teeley, two nil winners against Galway. I just thought I'd bring this up, uh, Jared. <laughs> uh, but that's they brought a four out of, four out of four. That they they're chugging along nicely. Yeah, as, as most of you wouldn't know, I am a Galway man. So yes, uh, it was a bad result for Galway United. They've been shocking this season. In fairness, um, Kevin Teeley, yeah, I, I I kind of predicted last week. The Kevin Teeley wouldn't get promoted, um, but look, they've they've done nothing wrong. They've won all their games, so fair play to Kevin Teeley. But I just think Galway are so poor that no matter who they play, I think at the moment they're not going to pick up points. Um, they have a very young team, but um, yeah, Kevin Teeley's done well. Um, Shane Barnes scored against Kevin Teeley. Kevin Knight also. They're gone five points clear of Drogheda United, um, who did exceptionally well to come back from two 0 down. And a man down to come back and earn a point at Shamrock Rovers too. Um, Bray Wanderers they started poorly in their opening game, but bounced back to beat Longford during the week. Uh, good result for them. Gary Shaw scoring twice. Bray will be a good side this season, and of course that big game now this weekend coming up. As um, I think Bray are playing Longford. Is Bray playing next weekend? Bray and Drahad are, yeah, that's right, they're playing next weekend, so that'll be a big game for, uh, for both those sides. But um, UCD and Longford drawn nil all, nothing really much happened there. Longford were poor again then during the week when they lost. Um, 
to Bray in that game. Um, Wexford, Wexford got a big result against that loan. Former uh, Longford player Clean Simon scoring twice for them. Um, but yeah, the first division is kind of taking the, the the shape that everyone predicted with the likes of Drogheda, Bray, and Kevin Healy will hang in there. Um, but Galway very very poor. They're probably one of the poorest teams this season so far. Um, what can make a difference? Who who knows? Um, it's going to be a, a big struggle for Alan Murphy's side this season. Right? Yeah, Nathan. Although it's a short season and you you need to get up and running as quick as possible. When you're in that division and you've got those four playoff spots, you're always in in re- touching distance there of, of having a chance again. Like we said, a couple of results you get in a row and you have a chance of getting in those playoffs. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, like uh, like once the momentum hits and you can make like you could even go and get a win and run of three games and all of a sudden you find yourselves rubbing elbows up in the playoffs. Like it is, it's always a tight league, and now it's only going to get tighter this season. Uh, yeah, the big one for me, like uh, Jared Touchdown was surprised, was surprised by Galway. Like, like I think last week I had them to to do okay. I think I even had them actually to finish fourth. But uh, that doesn't look like it's going to be happening. Like I was surprised over the Cabin Taylor result. I was really surprised over the Galway and Atlanta result. But the drills, the drills were poor, poor Atlanta side. Like I said, mm. it's pretty costly. And not only that, it had to come from behind twice. Yeah. Shocking, like and crazy because I thought, like, I know like, the quality isn't really there with Galway, but they have a big enough squad. Where I, yeah, I just thought he would have made some sort of a push, but it's been a, it's been a rotten start, like, and the momentum is just at zero now. And I think they're playing, playing Cove, Cove away next game, like, again, it's a tough enough game for them. What's, what, what's going on in Galway, uh, Jared? What's the, what's the big change? I don't. I look. I, I really don't know. Um, the fans took over the running of the club a few years ago, and I just think the finances just aren't there. Um, fan-run clubs look. They're a brilliant idea, but unless you have a big backing behind you, you're kind of you're going back to the same people all the time for money. And you know, money only goes so far. Um, like everybody knows, you're running three and four clubs with under 19s, under 17s, under 15s. Just the money isn't there, and unless they get a sugar daddy, which I very much doubt, it's going to continue that way. Um, there's no finances there. They're trying to blood their under 17s and under 19s into their first team squad, and like as everyone knows, yes, you may get one, you may get two, you may get none. Um, Galway are just they're, they seem to be blooding all of them at the one time, and it's very very difficult. And um, Vinnie Farity is is there. He's still there at the club. He looks unfit. He just doesn't look to be the same player as he was. And that's understandable. He's getting older. Mikey Place, everyone was expecting big things from him. Now, he did score against that loan, but it's just it's not really working. They brought in Shane Doherty as well from the States, brought him back. It's it's just very, very difficult. Um, this whole project DNA that Alan Murphy was trying to implement, I just don't think it's working, in my own personal opinion. It's just too many young players being blooded at the same time and it's just very, very difficult. Yes, it may produce results in the long term, but uh, in the short term, it's, 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 it's no real benefit. And, and even, is there a long term in League of Ireland? Because there's a lot of contracts out there that are yearly contracts or, or part-time yearly See, there contracts. You go. So yeah. then, then, then they're off uh, somewhere else if they even catch the eye. Nathan, go on, predict who's going to go up and out of the first division. I think Drogheda will win the league. I think they, they, they might win a comfortable enough. There's a lot of good young players that draw the team. A lot of good, a good mix of youth experience. Like you have the likes of, uh, of Sean Brennan there. You have well, Derek Pendergrass there. Chris Lyons. We also have young lads like Brandon uh, Birmingham coming up here. I think they're very, very good young talent. So I think Drogheda will win the league. Out of the playoffs, uh, probably Longford. Cavendish will drop down maybe the third place, but they have enough. God, I said Galway last week, but I'm not going to stick on the guns. I'm not that stubborn. Probably Bray. I think Bray have a decent enough squad there, and the good old man down Gary Crowan that will have will he'll, 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 he'll get them together and he'll get them doing playing some decent football and good like it's a decent one of one of momentum going that you might have a chance to to get up into probably the final playoff place for me. Yeah, Jared, go on, give it a shout. Yeah, I mean, look, I'd be similar. I think Drogheda have too much for everybody. Um, you're looking at Bray Wanderers, maybe even Cove if they get a bit of a run. 
and Cabin Teeley. I, I think that's that's kind of what you're looking at, really. I don't see anything from UCD, Wexford, or Athlone. Wow. Longford have been poor, so it, it really it really depends. Like, look, it, it, the league has only started. It's only really started now, so you want to give it another game or two till things kind of settle down and see where things go. Because obviously, if teams like Longford lose the next two or three games, their season is more or less is as good as over. If they win two or three, they're back in the mix. So look, you'll have to give them a couple of games to see how things settle down. But yeah, for me, definitely try harder to win the league. Yeah, so even yeah, after even after those couple of games over the weekend or the few games that have been on, uh, you haven't really changed your mind. This weekend, Longford are uh, playing against Athlone. They'll be expected to get the three points there. Cove and Galway, well, it seems that Cove should be expecting to get the goals uh, by the way the lads yeah. are talking about uh, Galway. Uh, Drogheda and Bray seems to be the game of the weekend. UCD are way mm-hmm. to are home to Shamrock Rovers too and Wexford are at home to Cabin Teeley. So, uh, just like the Premier Division, there's always those games that catch your eye, and, and I think Drogheda and Bray will definitely be one of them. On Friday night, I'm not sure, not sure, I, not sure I agree with you that Longford will be that long though. Do you know? Um, that middle of the El Classico Ooh, was a bit of a surprise. At Lone played well the last day against Galway and played uh, went one or drew two two. Um, At Lone could could pick up a point, a point in that game, especially the way Longford have been poor enough this season. So. I wouldn't be 100% on Longford winning that game. Yeah. I would have thought, just because just they were at home, I thought Longford would have had a little bit too much for them. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. We'll see. I think you're just trying to big up Galway there I think you're trying to give them a bit of a <laughs> after their fantastic draw to uh, okay uh, uh, Jared Bowes and Dundalk should be a decent game especially it's uh, in Dublin what do you reckon with that one? Yeah uh, tricky tie um, especially after Dundalk's performance the last day it's hard to know with Bowes Bowes they're a very good side there's a lot of talent on that side um, Dundalk but the only thing is Dundalk they badly need a result they need to win that game um, I'm yeah, with Derry and Rovers playing as well you know if Derry picked up a point against Rovers and Dundalk slipped up they'd be kicking themselves so I just think Dundalk have to win whether they will win is another thing um, oh, it's, a tricky, it's a tricky one to call um, I'd probably go for a draw but I wouldn't be overly surprised if Dundalk won the game yeah, a big game for Dundalk. It, you could nearly say the league's o- nearly say the league's over if they if they don't win that because you can see Shamrock Rovers going on that kind of a, a winning streak. Wofford are playing Cork, uh, maybe. It all depends on those results <laughs> coming back. Sligo and Shells. This is one of these games that we talked about. You, if you win a game here, Shells go and win the game here. They're already up there, and if they win this game, then they could be pushing for a European spot. So, and of course, Sligo, a slightly different Sligo than was back in the spring. So, that'll be an interesting game. And uh, the Premier Division's big game is Derry against Shamrock Rovers. Nathan, I'll let you finish off on that one. What do you reckon there? Yeah, look, another massive toy, another massive game. Um, There's a lot of big games that are going to come up now with this shortened season. Like, like Shamrock Rovers have been fantastic uh, before and after the lockdown with Derry. It's, it's hard to sort of judge now with Derry City. Like it's sort of, it sort of depends on what Derry City shows up. If the Derry City that showed up against Sligo shows up, they'll, they'll be well beaten by Shamrock Rovers. But if they put in a solid performance way against Patsy, it can make it difficult. I think I think Rovers will get the, the victory either way. I think if, like, if Derry played the way they played against Patsy, it'd be quite enough. I think they could you could sort of yeah, congest Shamrock Rovers a little bit, but I'd be yeah, I I, I think I think Rovers might get a tight victory, probably two one or something, and they'll they'll be all over to see how they uh, Dundalk get on because like Jared said, it's Dundalk top points and Shamrock Rovers pick up more points. It's um it's it's, it's a tough now to climb for Dundalk. It'll be a fascinating game. They'll already know how Dundalk mm-hmm. did so. Uh, it could even spur them on further. Uh, this weekend, yeah. this weekend also sees the return of the women's national league. Jared, give us a, a bit of a preview of who the favourites are, who are the ins and outs in the clubs, and who are Treaty United. <laughs> well, Treaty United were the for, were formerly known as uh, Limerick FC, so that's uh, fairly uh, an easy one to to um, to tell everyone. And um, obviously. Uh, P-Mount are the champions. They won the league last season by two points um, over Shelburne. 
Um, there's nine clubs this season. We've lost one in Kilkenny United, but gained at Lone Town and Bohemians. Mount would be favourites, along with Shelburne, probably Wexford Youth. After Wexford have won the league two years in a row before that. Mount have lost a couple of players, but they also brought in some. They brought in Sive Doyle from Galway, from Galway WFC and the world-famous Stephanie Roach is back in the Women's National League. To add to the players they already have there, like the likes of Karen Duggan, Anya O'Gorman and Eleanor Ryan-Doyle. Shelburne, who were finished second, uh, they have really a lot of talented players on that side. The likes of um, Emily Whelan, Jamie Finn, Jessica Zhu, Pearl Slattery, Kate Mooney. Um, then you have Wexford. It's, it's really between the three, probably between Mount and Shelburne. Um, Wexford have lost uh, a massive player in Rihanna Jarrett. She went to uh, over to Brighton in the UK. To She wants to kind of cement her place in the Irish national team, so she's gone over to England. That's a lot of goals to have to replace for for Wexford. They have a couple of good young players um, coming through. They have Lauren Kelly, Blessing Kingsley. She's very young, 18 years of age, and Vanessa Albana. They'll be relying on them for goals. Um, next then will be Galway, WFC, managed by former Galway United manager Billy Cleary. They're fairly defense, uh, solid defensively with the likes of Shauna Fox and Kira Cormican in defense. Irish international Chloe Singleton in the middle of the park. They finished fourth last season and we'll be hoping to maybe break into that top three this year. But the loss of Saeed Doyle is a, is a big blow to them. Um, Saeed has gone to college in Dublin, so it's probably that was always going to happen. So she's signed for P-Mount. Cork City, winners of the FAI Cup in 2017. They're kind of in transition at the minute. They've lost a lot of players. They're, they have a big player in the likes of Saoirse Noonan. She also plays for the Cork Ladies GEA football team. So um, she'll be a big player for them. They're looking to improve on their fifth place finish. Whether they do or not, it's hard to know. You have the likes of DLR Waves and and Treaty United. They'll be battling out then for mid-table positions. And look, you don't know what to expect from the likes of Athlone and Bowes. It's going to be kind of a difficult season for them. Um, they, may t- they may surprise a few teams and pick up points. But um, it's definitely a, a transition season for those, those two new clubs. But yeah, I think... It's between P-Mount and Shelburne for me. P-Mount have a huge, ta- a huge amount of talent in that team. They're experienced. They'll have a Champions League to look forward to as well. It'd be hard to pick it. Um, Stephanie Rose, she's coming back trying to resurrect her career, I suppose. But yeah, it's, I'd probably go for P-Mount if I was pushed, but I wouldn't be surprised if Shelburne picked them at the post. How come... More League of Ireland teams haven't put together women's teams. Do you know? I, I really don't know. Um, I know Sligo Rovers. Um, they have an under seventeen team. Um, I know uh, Carlo Kilkenny. I think they're going into the uh, women's under seventeens as well. Um, I think it's the case of um, they're building. They're building at the the youth level, at the under seventeen level, um, and trying to kind of get up there. I suppose it all comes down to money as well. Um, there's, there's a, the fees to enter the league are fairly substantial. I know they've been waived this year, and I think the the prize money is actually it doesn't even cover the fees if it if it even does. So I suppose it's very very difficult. You know, it it takes a lot of money to run these clubs. Um, most of these players aren't being paid, so it, it, they're, they're part time clubs. It's very very hard. You know, you, you have to you have to bring in coaches. There's lots of situations there. Look, it's difficult. I'd say eventually um, the clubs will will uh, increase, but it's just going to take time. Obviously, the FAI now with have decided to put to put more uh, effort into the women's national league um, since the, the new regime has taken over. So hopefully, we'll see some uh, benefit from that. But the one thing I'm surprised at is that there's of all the nine clubs, there isn't one female uh, head coach. Um, they're all men. Uh, why that is? There may be a reason for that. I'm not sure. There's a few um, head coaches, managers in the under 17s, all right, in like Shelburne and uh, Treaty United. But it's just a surprise in that sense for me because there's some hugely talented uh, coaches in Ireland, and it would be nice to see them at the highest level. How do we encourage more women to get into coaching? How do we encourage more women? Um, I suppose. Yeah, you see the likes of Lisa Fallon. She was involved with Cork City and Northern Ireland. 
and she's gone over to the UK to be um, a manager over there in one of their London clubs. Um, I suppose looking at the likes of her, she's, she does a lot of um, media with RT when the women's games are on TV and some some of the men's games as well. I suppose it's just a case of what you know the old, uh, the 2020 is the uh, can't see can't be um, hashtag for them. It's a case of you know if they're seen more often, it might encourage more people. Um, I know the clubs are doing a huge amount of work uh, with the young players and trying to get them into the game. And I suppose it, it all starts from there. Could they do uh, something along the lines of uh, the Watch League of Ireland, but have it as an add-on, like it's, a, it's, it's, it's free content to watch? I mean, it's not that hard to record a game. It doesn't even have to have commentary. You could have, have games that are recorded and placed on their, on their social media. Yeah, I know um, a couple of clubs last season um, recorded um, their games. They they, um, they put they had them on Facebook. I think Shelburne and Galway, I think, are a couple of them clubs that had them. I think um, Wexford Youth as well, I think, had some of their games. Now, I contacted some of the clubs today. It was kind of late when I did it to see what they live streaming, any of their matches. Now, I didn't get any response. Um, but um, I haven't heard of any that are doing it. Now, whether that changes between now and uh, the weekend, um, I'm not sure. But yeah, look, it is it's the case. I know last year, RTE, I think when there was a weekend that there was no League of Ireland games on, they showed Shelburne's game, um, the highlights on the Soccer Republic, and it went down very, very well. Cause the talent is there. The, the, the games are, are fantastic. Um, you have to look at it from the first... Like, they're not the same as a men's game, so you can't look at it with eyes like that. But the talent is there. The games are very entertaining. There's fantastic goals. The players put in the same amount of effort as as the lads do. They do the same amount of training, they do the same amount of work, they put in the same amount of time and effort. And look, they definitely they deserve they deserve to be seen, they deserve everything they get and good luck to them. It, 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 it'd be nice to see the fans come out and support them. Uh, obviously, look, at, in this day and age, it's kind of difficult with um, COVID-19 and all the restrictions in place. But uh, the talent is there, there's no doubt about it. And the Women's National League is definitely a league that's on the up. Yeah, from being involved in football club, you can see that women's football is and uh, girls' football is huge now. It's grown so much now compared to what it was even ten, fifteen years ago. That and with mm. the world game exploding, that you can see it within the next ten years building and progressing, and the talents, you know, improving. But it does need that little kick you know, a bit of a helping hand through it. So obviously we'll do our best on this p- podcast and, and, and show to try and highlight it. But it really does come down to the League of Ireland and, you know, they need to sell their brand because the more they sell it, the more people will play it, the more people will want to get involved in it. Nathan, how would you how would you go about promoting it? No, like it's, 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 been, the, it's been an issue with just the League of any Irish domestic football, hasn't it really? Just even though it's playing about the promotion. Like um, obviously just to start at the bottom, like especially with the, with the women's league, the great to see. Like I said, we're all involved with uh, with the football club. I've done coaching myself, like, and it's always great to see um, young girls get involved in the game and, fall, and falling in love with the game. And so that's where it starts. Like, they're showing them that like these women have role models, and look at like these women like have all this like, natural ability and talent, and they put in all the amount of the effort that the lads do, like. And, it's just all about highlighting that and just like getting like advertisements out, like getting the FEI or whatever behind it and getting like advertisements out and like promoting the games and just trying to get people just down to watch. Because once you get people into it, like that could be the catalyst. Like, that's how a lot of people get into Irish football. Like you just go down to one game and that's it. You just get hooked and it's there for life. So it's just about getting people in off the streets and just getting them to stay there and find an interest and to realise, God, like, the standard of the, the women's national league is very good. Like that, uh, like it, it might be a misconception, like some wrong misconceptions around the league. So just getting them in and realizing that it's like every level of football, you're gonna have your bad games, you're gonna have your great games, and it's just understanding that. And like like Jared said, that take away that's not the men's league, it's the women's national league, and that it has to be viewed with different eyes and yeah we'll be doing our best to promote it the league starts this weekend keep an eye out for results Jared Nathan did you buy your League of Ireland to watch LOI.ie 
Ja, så med min den hårdtagende episode, det er ikke engang det transition, because I was watching pretty much a Premier League in the eyes of Tottenham Square, so it's nice to have something else to latch, latch back on. It's great to have the league of Ireland back. Yeah, it's it's better than the Bundesliga. Um, I, I've watched oh, I've, <laughs> I've watched a couple of games. I, I watched the Derry City and um. St. Pat's game and I watched a bit of Shelbourne and, and Finn Harps and I've been pleasantly surprised at because purely for the fact because there's no crowd I just thought they might struggle a bit but there's been some good games and uh, some good players so it's well worth getting out there and supporting and from what I believe I've heard the numbers uh, are better than they thought were going to purchase it so that's a good sign all around so That was always going to be the case Do you think so? Why do you think so? I, I definitely yeah. Like when you consider, people have been crying out for this for years, and yeah. as, like when you when you consider, like it's more a case. The likes if you if you have say Shamrock Rovers playing in Derry, you're going to have thousands and thousands of Shamrock Rovers fans want to see that game, and um, they don't need to travel. They can sit down at the computer at home or watching on their TV. You know, there's there's going to be huge numbers, and like you have so many Irish people all over the world now, they can watch their local club on their TV in Australia or in South Africa or in Brazil, to be able to have that is just massive. Like I know the MLS years ago um, did something, a similar situation a few years back. They streamed all their games on a platform like similar to Watch and all their games were available to view. And it's it just, the global appeal is massive. If you, if you know you see every single game or whatever game you want to see and you can watch anywhere in the world at any time you want, Huge. Can you consider the Premier League and all these other leagues? Some games can be viewed live, record them. You cannot watch them, you know, at the time that suits you unless you record them. I just think it's a, it's a massive thing, and I just think that definitely are going to be hugely surprised if numbers are going to sign up. For. Yeah, I think you'll be backed up there because the subscriptions for single game are even mm. better than the, the whole package so people are obviously dipping in and out now when they can just to watch a match so yeah it's definitely something that they cannot let go of course I know even Longford they had an issue with their their stream at the weekend I think they had technical difficulties but um, their media manager was saying that their um, website was through the roof for that game so, like even Longford they're not a, you know they're no disrespect to Longford but their they're average attendance is about 700 people if even that so to get nearly 8,000 is huge and it just shows the potential for the likes of these yeah, well, let's hope the League of Ireland uh, cop on and, and get clued into uh, different forms of promotion for the club, and this is definitely one of the big ones. Okay, lads, listen, we're going to we're going to leave it at that. We've got uh, a great weekend of football ahead, and I really can't wait to watch it. It's uh, it's definitely something that we know that things aren't going to go according to plan. Uh, Galway might actually even win this weekend. I'm going to keep at that, George, because that's uh, that's uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't fully sure you were a Galway fan, but now you are, and. Uh, Trying to upset me. <laughs> St. Pat's is too easy. They're, they're hot and cold, so I can get Nathan anytime I want. Yeah. Okay, yeah. listen, we'll talk to you next week, and uh, we uh, hopefully will have episode three next Wednesday. Okay, lads, thanks very much. Pleasure, lads.